You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Potable. Or you can head to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and subscribe right from the website. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back. This is episode 34 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by the Armchair All-Americans. It's Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST alongside my co-host Chris. What up, Christian? And Brett Gardner. Uh, what's going on, guys? Good to be here. <laughs> I'm, Brett. Doing, I'm, I'm getting all the promotions out. Uh, I was just on R2C2 last week. Uh, <laughs> Want to come on a local pod. <laughs> Uh, I don't got a lot of time in my schedule, but it's getting getting kind of hard to to uh, open up some time. But I got some time for you for you guys this week, Brett. We know that it's been a few weeks in the spring training already, but are you still playing hard? Uh, I'm definitely still playing hard. If anything, my play is getting harder. Uh, as the weeks go on, I, I get harder and harder and harder. Uh, but I'm having a good time with the boys. You know, it's gonna be a fun season, fellas. All right, thank you, Brett, for joining us this week on the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. We appreciate it, as always. I no problem, Bill. <laughs> oh, God. It's straight week here, fellas. Yeah. It's literally my favorite thing that we've somehow incorporated <laughs> into this show. It's like we have Brett Gardner out with us. Uh, it's great. Yeah, Holly Hill. <laughs> he mentions Holly Hill in the R2C2 podcast. Too. That's great. Uh, can we stop uh, promoting other podcasts on yeah, this show? Yeah, seriously. Sorry. R2C2 is big enough. Okay? Drop I don't really name. care who does it. Let's focus on the fact that this is the only podcast you should be listening to. Right. I agree. I have All something right. planned for this episode, <laughs> by the way. You'll see. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? You'll see. You're just going to – I don't even want to know. Is it like one of these things you're just going to like f***ing pull down your pants and shove your ass out the window or that, something? Maybe. That's going to cause some editing. <laughs> Uh, Why? You said the F word. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I said pull down your pants. No, and no, your no, ass no, 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 no. Go back and listen to it. I will. I promise. All right. And I won't even ask for the $300 that you stole from me <laughs> if I did say it, okay. but I didn't actually say Deal. it. Deal. All right. Uh, <laughs> second episode of the week. Special uh, episode. We got Chris Corelli on this week yes, of SMY TV. This is a full length episode here. Chris Corelli is going to join us in a little bit. Do a little uh, preview of the Bombers. Time is a ticking, fellas. One more show and then the season starts. Crazy. It's hard to believe that spring training is uh, wrapping up here pretty quickly. Um, a little controversy coming out of the uh, Grapefruit League. Stupid. I'm laughing because I don't even, I don't even, can't even really take it seriously. And for those of you who listened to our Jack Curry interview that we released on Saturday, uh, he squashed it pretty quickly. I mean, it pretty much just seemed like the fans and everything were making a bigger deal of it than than MLB was trying to make. And we'll get Corelli's take on it in a little bit. We're recording the opening of the show before we actually speak to Chris, so we don't know what his take on it is. But I'd be surprised if 
anybody thought this was a big deal. For those of you who don't know, for the very few of you who don't know, Judge, in passing on the field, it was on the field during the game, said something to the effect to Machado of, you'd look good in pinstripes. Something along those lines. Who's the last guy you can think of that that said something like that? Wasn't it wasn't it uh, Pence? To uh... somebody in this room happened to write an article for NYYSportsTalk.com during the week. I'm not going to very say good who. article. And um, hell just froze over. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the devil's up here looking for a jacket yeah. now because Chris complimented me. <laughs> it was a very good article, a very good piece on MLB selective integrity. Really how Major League Baseball takes these guys who are supposedly the face of Major League Baseball and they choose to make an example out of them. Look, Hunter Pence openly tweeted to uh, John Carlos Stanton about coming to play for the Giants. And this was when the Giants and the Marlins were in trade talks and uh, Stan had to waive his no trade clause to go to Miami, uh, to go to San Francisco, excuse me. Now, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's player A asking player B to come play with him, right? right. So, right. In, you never in, even hear anything about that, In right? the terms of collusion or whatever Major League Baseball wants to call it, it was the same exact thing. It, other than the fact that Judge said it to Machado's face, right? But Judge didn't have to come on after the game and tell us what he said, right? No, he didn't. But he did, and now he's being scrutinized for it. So, guess what? Now, Judge might hold a lot of things back. Judge might be cautious of what he says. And you want, and people wonder why Derek Jeter was the worst soundbite right. in the history of baseball. As great right. as he was in the face of the Yankees, he was a horrendous soundbite because you never got anything from him. And this and is you exactly wonder, why. And you wonder why. And you know what I give Jeter credit for? He was notorious for being the notorious. worst. <laughs> being the worst guy to get any information out of. Yet he kept such a phenomenal relationship with the media. They respected it. They respected the way he went about his business. Or it was just because you're not going to be the guy that pisses Derek Jeter off so he doesn't speak to you. Because he was respected. All right. I think Stack Guy Wright wants to say something. Bryce Harper tweeted November 13th, 2012 to Giancarlo Stanton. You can always come play for the Nats. We will take you anytime. Get some red, white, and blue in your life. Stanton replied the next day, dang, bro, if only my last name backwards wasn't not Nats. <laughs> <laughs> that, I did see that, that somebody tweeted that also, but where was the outcry over that? Yeah, well, Harper wasn't a big enough name maybe back then. I think Bryce Harper's always been a big name. He's been a big name in, in D.C. Or, dude, the kid was 19 years old when he made his Major League debut. I right. think that's I just a pretty big deal. And even just in 20, 2012, six years ago, media outlets weren't like dissecting every little comment uh celebrities make david ortiz went on a recruiting pitch to try to get and edwin encarnacion to play for the red sox sure but we everybody we love david ortiz though no yeah and and apparently we forget that he did steroids also that was i cannot that was just forgotten about that pisses me off more than anything that has ever happened in the history of baseball and look i'm not knocking david ortiz on the field he he did a lot of things that really Left a, a bad taste in my mouth when he when he ripped apart the bullpen phone and and stuff like that. The way he carried himself sometimes, I just didn't respect. But he was a bit of a crybaby. But baby. overall, I mean, Ortiz was beloved amongst the fans and and everyone in Boston. 
And it's like he got a pass. He got a pass for it. Because he went out there after the Boston Marathon bombing and he said, this is our effing city and F terrorists and all this other things that he said. And yeah, it's a great sentiment. And But it was because he was that guy that people forgot about it. He was on the list. He was on the same list that A-Rod got killed for. Right. Right. And now I shouldn't say that that makes me angrier than anything that's ever happened in the history of the game because I, I, if I saw Luis Gonzalez walking down past my house, I'd jump in my car and run him over immediately. But you know but, what? You know what? Because he's a swell guy and people like him, they for, he gets a pass for it. Your best point in your article, I think, was when you talked about the steroid era. I mean, baseball turned a blind eye to everything. They knew everything that was going on. Everything. Of course they did, but they didn't care because the money was coming in. And and the ratings were through the and roof. And if Judge wasn't Judge, the face of baseball, which is what everyone seems to be calling him, this wouldn't even have been a story that was talked about. No, but and, and they, they, you know. Jack Curry mentioned it, and please go back and listen to episode 33, our special interview with Jack Curry, if you haven't already. I mean, finish this show and then go listen to that one, but... He said that if it was a guy like Brandon Drury, somebody that doesn't have a big name in the sport. Not a knock on Drury. No, but... it's not. It's not. But well, Brandon Drury's not a superstar. Right. He's a he's a good Major League Baseball player, but he's not a superstar. Right. He's not somebody that the commissioner of the game has pointed out to be the face of the game. Right. That maybe if Drury had said something like that, which we wouldn't think he would because, you know, Machado would probably play his position. So. <laughs> but you get the point. Nobody's thinking about right. it. But because they don't want Aaron Judge to talk like well, that. Well, they, they know that when Judge makes a comment like that, half the world is hearing it. And I I said it in my article. And please go to nyysportstalk.com for numerous amounts of reasons, including our new The Bombers t-shirt, which is flying off the shelves. And you should buy one because it's friggin' awesome. And I designed it. No. Uh, you didn't. You designed the concept. I took the hours to design it. Oh, so God. give credit where credit's due. A little, yeah. Please. We wouldn't be making money off this if it wasn't for me. Okay, <laughs> so thank you to me. Thank you. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, go to nyysportstalk.com and read the article. It's titled "MLB's Selective Integrity," and great title. I thought it was. I, I didn't change it. it. I I left it. That was great. And I said, the only thing that Machado's going to be colluding with is money. And it doesn't matter. Aaron Judge and Manny Machado are probably going to see each other. What did they play the Orioles? 19 times this year? Yeah, I believe and so. Every friggin' time that Aaron Judge walks past Machado, he say, he can say, hey, bud, you know, why don't you come play for us next year? Right. And if the friggin' Cincinnati Reds offer him $900 million, he's going to He's going to be in red, baby. Okay, so... It doesn't – these types of things – look, at the end of the day, maybe it is a big deal because Aaron Judge is who Aaron Judge is and they don't want him talking like this. But, but come on. The guy's been perfect since he came up. And everyone knows that he does the right thing. He says the right thing. To slap him on the wrist for this, the way they did – the way they had to say it, like we were in contact with the Yankees and the Yankees are pretty much going to discipline him for this action or talk – Give it up. And apparently Brian Cashman had said the conversation you know, lasted less than 20 seconds. You know, call Judge and, and 
do something privately and and maybe the Yankees upon themselves can release a statement on it. Don't don't make no, it this big outcry from there, Major League Baseball. Okay, that I agree with that 100% that if Major League Baseball wanted to get it out there to judge that hey, you know what? We don't like that kind of talk. You have his phone number. Right. I'm sure somebody in the office, I'm sure Joe Torrey who works in Whatever capacity, what does he do? He's like, uh, he's the director of baseball yeah. operations. Yeah, I'm sure he could, has a connection with the Yankees to get Aaron Judge's phone number. Okay. Right. So, and somebody can call up Aaron Judge and say, listen, we know it was innocent. Just don't say it out loud, please. Right. Okay. Not, we have been in contact. Aaron, we are calling your mom, and you're going to the principal's <laughs> office, and you're going to. That's get- really how they made it. That's right. how they made it. We talked to Judge's. Uh, superiors, and they're going to handle this the way they feel fit. Shut up. Yeah, and Aaron, and Brian Cashman was seed fit to say exactly what we said. Aaron, you know, you know, you didn't mean anything like by it. Just don't say it out loud. Right. And that was the extent of the conversation. If they really wanted to handle it, that's how it should have been handled, not the way they handled it. And, and I think that's the big issue that I have. They really blew it out of proportion with that whole statement. You would think that he was like on trial for murder or something, right? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, since it's my fifth straight week on the pod, I have something planned for you guys. A little. How about a little spelling bee? We talked you. about this. <laughs> yeah, I brought this up a while ago. A spelling bee of of all. I, I looked up every single Yankee that's ever played. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's taking hours out of his day, it took like three hours, and I've compiled a list of ten players that have pretty hard names to spell. Christian, we're starting with you. I'm the worst speller. All right, this by the first way. round, there's each round is. Yeah, two I know. I've been to your house. T A B L E. Okay, I've been to your house before. First round is it has two players that had a bit uh, unorthodox batting stances. Christian, can you guess this one? He played from 1998 to 2001. Chuck Knobloch. Spell All right, Chuck Knobloch. Spell Chuck Just Knobloch. And you have to say it, spell it, and then say it at the end. Knobloch. D I C K H E A D Knobloch. Correct. Uh I believe the correct spelling is N no, I'm sorry, K N O B L A U C H. You are correct. Wow. Yeah, biatch. <laughs> you All didn't right. finish with Knobloch then. Knobloch. Okay. For Chris, who was another Yankee? He had a weird stance. He only played for us for one season. Craig Council? No. No, he never played for the Yankees. Yeah, he, he was on our rival for a, a long Craig time. Craig Council was a Yankee? I don't think so. And then he came he here for He might have been. You're right. He might have got I think he was for picked like, up on waivers and then they DFA'd well, it's him. Not when not Craig Council. Kevin Euclid. Spell Euclid. Euclid. Y-O-U-K-I-L-I-S. Euclid. Correct. Yeah. Nice. Are you looking up if Craig Council was a Yankee? He was never a Yankee. Oh, I thought he was. The Rockies, Marlins, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, he was on that team. Remember that stance he had? Then he went to the Brewers, back to the Diamondbacks, back to the Brewers. (laughs) Somebody like him was on the Yankees at one point. All right. Um, Before we got interrupted with the spelling bee, I I did want to bring this up. Because I saw, I was watching TV and somebody on uh, one of these shows brought it up. Is this a big deal in the Yankees clubhouse that 
Aaron Judge is openly recruiting other players. Like, let's say, like, you are Brandon Drury. And you are like, hey, yeah, I'm here, though. So that's think- what, that's part of getting these big guys. That's part of having guys like Judge on your team. Right? Like, why would Stanton want to come here other than money? Why would Stanton want to come here unless we had guys like Judge and Didi and a team that is built to win a World Series? Yeah, but I'm saying, how do you think that played in the clubhouse? Is it a big, even a big deal in the clubhouse amongst his teammates that, hey, you know, we're good enough to win without Manny Machado? What are you going out there trying to well, say? Well, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it from, like, Drury or Andrew perspective that Judge might feel like they need Manny Machado and that they're not good enough or fit enough to to man that position, maybe. But again, I think we're just speculating way too much on this. I I don't think it's that big of a deal. You think Drury's going to have words with Judge? (laughs) I don't think he should. (laughs) Judge, Drury, execution. (laughs) Somebody will get executed in that fight and definitely wouldn't be Aaron Judge. Although uh, Drury's a cashman guy, so, you know. Yeah. Imagine if the if they got into a fist fight over this and the Yankees chose Brandon Drury over Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Chris Corelli in the in the wings here. We gonna get to that interview? What does that even mean in the wings? It's waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings. Not in the wings. <laughs> I thought it made yeah, it made sense. sense. We're you don't have to that speculate you... on everything I do either. You know, if <laughs> it would make sense if the two of you thought that made sense. <laughs> Chris is smart. He just spelt Eucalyptus right. You came from the same nutsack, so. I definitely wouldn't have gotten Knobloch, I'll tell you that. Knobloch. Chuck Knobloch. You want to spell Corelli? C A R E L L I. And yes, our interview with Chris Corelli. We're going to preview the 2018 Yankees. All right, NYY Sports Talk is on with Chris Corelli of SNY.TV. Follow Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Corelli. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on again. No problem. Uh, three-time guest of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Chris said that maybe we should get you a plaque to commemorate it. Or, or medal, or like a gold medal, or something <laughs> like that. Whatever whatever you guys hand out, I'll, I'll take. <laughs> All right, so a bit of controversy coming out of uh, the Grapefruit League this week. Um, Aaron Judge found himself in a bit of hot water with Major League Baseball after he made uh, just a passing remark and then told reporters about it that he thought – Manny Machado would look good in pinstripes, and then uh, Major League Baseball kind of scolded him a little bit. Just wanted to get your take on uh, the whole Judge Machado comment. Do you see us tampering? And uh, you know, what do you think? How do you think that flew in the clubhouse with some of his teammates? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it was tampering, um, and I'm not certain that it's going to be a big uh, cause for alarm in the clubhouse either. I mean, this is uh, to me, it's something that happens when these guys cross paths, I mean, especially in spring training, they're going to chit-chat with each other and, uh, you know, have these little conversations where they go off into dream world and, and start conversing about, uh, you know, the things that could be. And, I mean, Judge's mistake, obviously, was actually telling the media what the conversation was about. And, then, of course, doing what they're supposed to do, they ran with it and, you know, became the story that it is. So uh, it's funny in my mind, if he hadn't said anything, I'm sure it would have been, you know, no story at all and, you know, we wouldn't be talking about it. But, uh you know, I, I understand why some people might think that, you know, maybe D.D. or someone else would, uh, Anduhar, would uh, take some uh, offense to the comments, uh, knowing that those would be the two people possibly uh, shifted to the side if, uh, you know, a Machado signing sign took place next year. But, 
you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm sure that they've, you know, had some more conversations with other people at other points in time, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way the game is. Well, they didn't land Machado this year, as we didn't really expect them to, barring all the rumors, but they did just pick up Neil Walker. Uh, where do you see Walker fitting into this team? Do you think he's the opening day second baseman, or do you think he's more of a utility kind of backup guy to give this team a little more depth? Yeah, I mean, the move I, I thought was a pretty good one, considering the price and, and you know, obviously being just one year. Um, I actually had mentioned him before they uh, made the Brandon Drury trade uh, that thought he would be somebody who could fill that role uh, that, you know, being the second base, third base, you know, flip-flopping if, if necessary, just being insurance for, um, you know, the, the two rookie guys that uh, early on in spring we thought, you know, had a shot of uh, making the club or at least a better shot of making the club. And, uh, you know, he also plays a little bit of first base, so some some more insurance for Bird. Um, I, the, as time has gone on since it, when since the trade or since the signing, I think he seems like he's going to be the utility guy. I mean, they, they keep talking about Wade, you know, in glowing terms, uh, meaning Boone. And, you know, the, as high as he seems to be on Wade, I would only think that um, Walker's around to, you know, fill in the blanks when need be and get some reps here and there. But uh, I... I I was always of the volition too that if they kept Wade up and you know he went north with the club that he was going to be a full-time player. I, I don't see the point of uh, putting him on the bench again. We already saw what happened with him when you know they did that to him pretty much the second half of last season. You know it, it's it's really hard for a young guy to perform that way. And you know if he's if he makes the 25-man roster, then I sure hope he's getting at least a majority of the reps at second base. Our our biggest issue with Wade is not that we don't think. He's not going to be a, a great player. We just feel like he was so lost last year. I mean, this guy wasn't even on the same page as everyone else. He looked so lost at the plate. I know he's great defensively, but I'm just shocked that a decent spring out of him is, is giving the Yankees enough confidence to, to possibly give him another chance. No, I mean, I think, I, I said it earlier, I think they realized that the way they handled him last year was, was really terrible. I mean, they, he should not have been up with the club uh, sitting on the bench. It did him no good. Um, you know, he's, he's what, 23 now? So he was 22 last year. That's kind of hard to do to a guy who's been playing every day for, you know, majority of his pro career and um, let him sit there and play like every fourth, fifth day and or come in off the bench and do that kind of stuff and expect anything out of him is, you know, I think asking a lot. So, um you know, he's, he's, his pedigree is, is, uh, good enough to me that, you know, they give him a shot. And, you know, again, if, that's why Walker's there though. I mean, if, if he stutters out of the gate, you know, in April, um, you know, they can, they can shift gears pretty quickly. All right. So, you know, they signed Neil Walker and it does seem like he's going to be more of the utility guy now, uh, more and more you hear about it. But, you know, the Yankees did just release Adam Wind after they signed, uh, Neil Walker. I kind of thought that there was still a spot for him on the team, but I guess if Walker's going to be like a, the floating infielder, maybe there wasn't. Um, you know, Lynn was kind of like the forgotten guy. Like, he signed on, you know, he got, kind of got excited about him because he had some good numbers last year. He could back up Bird, and then he was just he was just gone in a whimper. So did you think that uh, there was a spot for Lynn on this team, even with Walker, or was it the right move for the Yankees to let him go? No, I thought it was the right move to let him go uh, as soon as Walker signed. And that's the other re reason it seems like, you know, Walker's going to be the guy shifting around. You know, as soon as they make that move, then it's kind of obvious that, uh, you know, there's there's no place for a second backup first baseman. And 
Um, who knows if they want to keep uh, Tyler Austin up or something like that too. Uh, you know, I, I liked I liked the Lynn signing at the time because Walker wasn't around. It made a little bit of sense. Um, not didn't like the fact so much that he's a, also a left-handed hitter. So it's kind of like great for a bird being down with an injury where he, you know there's some extended uh, time off. But you know you're not going to necessarily put Lind in um, against another left-hander just because. So I mean it's a uh, one of those. Uh, coming and going type of signings and uh, just didn't work out for him. And, you know, and, and um, by the fact that they released him right away kind of tells you, I think, uh, where they're leaning. If Chris Corelli was writing in the opening day lineup, who's the starting second baseman and who's the starting third baseman for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say if there's a right-hander on the mound, it's – well, either way, Drury's taking is the third baseman. Um, I, there's no – I can't unless you, he gets hurt. You, you seem pretty confident in that. You yeah, there's – Andujar has no shot at this point. Uh, not unless he gets hurt. I mean, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's, and he's, you know, Andy Hart's kind of slowed down a little bit since that, uh, blazing first week that he had. So, um, you know, I think his on base percentage is 273 or something like that right now. So, I mean, yeah, the guy's got pop and he, I mean, obviously can hit the, hit the heck out of the ball, but, you know, he still has a little bit of work to do. Um, and I'm not going to even talk about his defense because, you know, it's, it is what it is. He, he can get better. Uh, I don't think, uh, jury's going to be, you know, the, uh, an all-star uh, fielding third baseman either, but um, right now they like the experience there, I think, and I think that supersedes um, supersedes uh, Andujar. Um, and then, to me, if, let's say Wade makes the club, I, I see him, you know, being the starting second baseman, uh, especially if there's a right-hander on the mound, you know, and just let him, let him go for it. And if they happen to have a lefty on the mound against them on opening day, maybe Walker gets the shot because he can hit from the right side. And... The only issue with that is, of course, he's better as a left-handed hitter, too. So, you know, I'm not sure how Boone will handle that kind of a thing. But uh, I would say Drury, no matter what, is at third. And I'd say 75% shot that Wade is the second baseman. All right, so NYY Sports Talk is here. on with Chris Corelli of SNY.TV, just picking Chris's brain about the upcoming season. That is, uh, as we record this shift, 11 days away from starting. It's uh, almost hard to believe that we're almost here for a new season of Yankee baseball. But, uh, you know, the big, a lot of debate on this show and around a lot of other shows that talk about the Yankees is what are we going to do with the lineup? You know, you got Judge, you got Stanton, you got uh, Sanchez. And, you know, Chris and I are in a lot of agreement that, you know, if you've got those three big slugging right-handed bats, you're going to bat them in, in order. If you're Chris, you know, you're Aaron Boone, penciling uh, your lineup, how do you uh, line up your guys one through nine? And if, would that change if a lefty's on the mound as opposed to a righty's on the mound? Yeah, the, here's the thing. I kind of, Boone has said this uh, all along, and I, and I agree with him. I, I would prefer uh, to split, you know, Judge and Stanton if possible with Bird. But, you know, if Bird's, he looks kind of lost right now, if he doesn't pick it up in the next, you know, what do you say, 10 days, 11, no, 11 days, um, that's probably not going to happen. So, I, I mean, I certainly have no problem. They they can write this lineup a thousand different ways, and it's going to be great no matter what. Um, so I wouldn't have any problem with, you know, a Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez. I wouldn't mind Sanchez hitting third. You know, if, if Bird is actually producing, I can I can see him splitting it up because, to me, going right, left, right, left, you can do it almost all the way down the lineup. You know, Gardner, Judge, Bird, Stanton, Sanchez, Gregorius, Hicks, Drury, Wade. You know, that's uh, between the switch hitters and the um, – lefty-righty combination, you can do it that way. But, you know, Bird drops to sixth or seventh because he's not producing. You know, there's other ways around it. Those, I, I, like you say, 
those guys should be loaded up at the top no, no matter what. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem with me either if they, you know, if it's a day off for Gardner that, you know, maybe Judge leads off or something like that. So they go one, two, three, uh, with, uh, Judge Stanton and Sanchez, uh, in some sort of order. I, you know, there's, he's got, and Boone's got, you know, a lot of different ways he can go about it. And then if there's a lefty on the mound, you know, he can, uh, he can switch it up again, maybe, Maybe it's a good day to rest Gardner, you know, put Hicks at the top of the lineup and load all your right-handers up at the top, or you just keep it, uh, like I said, you know, Judge Sanchez, Stanton, Judge Stanton Sanchez. I mean, it's ridiculous how many different ways they can go about it. So, I mean, I don't, it's, I don't think, uh, you know, he can make a huge mistake with this. And then as time goes on, you know, he also has the ability to, to make changes and, and to go with, you know, the hotter hand and, um, and drop people around and, and make his, uh, his days off schedule around uh, who's doing better against, you know, what type of pitching as well, if he needs to. It's the, the depth is, is pretty insane. Do, would you say Judge hits his sophomore slump this year? Do you think he takes another step in becoming the face of Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean, the Judge comparisons to last year are going to be kind of difficult. I mean, considering how spectacular he was last year, you know, you, I, I don't think anybody should truly expect him to hit 50 or more home runs this year. It's kind of unfair. Um, he can, uh, but, you know, it's it's hard to look at a season where he hits, let's say, 38 to 42 home runs and call it a slump or call it, you know, backtracking. Um, I don't I don't see a slump, a sophomore slump happening at all. I think he's he's too even keeled of a player um, to fall into something that's going to, you know, take away a full season and, and make it look like uh, last year was a complete, uh, was, was the blip in the radar and not, you know, the reality. Um, he'll have his skids. Like any other player, uh, they may last as long as, you know, the one he had last summer. Um, but, you know, how much do we put towards his injury on that um, and how much worth it was, you know, him just uh, getting tired at the end of the year as his first full season, the majors. You know, there's a lot of factors that could have played into that slump last year, too. Um, but, you know, the way I look at it, he can hit 40 home runs. He can drive in 100. He can score another 100 and have an OPS over 1,000. And uh, technically, it could look like it's a step back, but who's going to think that that's a step back and a poor, you know, in a poor, right. uh, a poor season? So I think he basically takes a step towards, you know, the the whole face of the of the game type of thing, um, you know, among the others that you know should be there, like uh, Trout and Harper and Machado and so on. And and uh, you know, at the least, he's he's certainly will solidify his his uh, face of the Yankees, as far as I can see. Is the most important thing for him to do in 2018 is to just cut down on the strikeouts because his batting average on balls and play is, is insanely high. I think it was 384 last year. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that should be his main focus is just making more contact this year. Yeah, I mean, well, yes. I mean, I, I thought I heard the other day he's he's trying to plan on attacking and, and getting some uh, hitting the garbage pitches as much as he possibly can in the, in the beginning of, a, of an at-bat, and we'll see how that kind of plays out, but um, I don't know. You know, to me, again, if he if he strikes out over 200 times and and he hits 50 home runs, and he's still getting on base at you know a reasonable clip, you know, like a 38 percent of the time, 40 percent of the time, he was over 40 percent last year. Uh, you really can't have too much too much fault with that. Uh, I think, but besides him, it's it's more about you know how did how did the other players uh, curtail their strikeouts too? The team is going to strike out a lot. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, so it's, it's not just about how many times he PKs during the season. It's, you know, a little bit about, um, the team getting into a collective, uh, funk all at the same time, which we see happens with them sometimes. And, uh, that's where it can become an issue. Um, but, 
you know, I, I think it's just a matter of him uh, being able to not fall into a deep slump and let it drag on and, and try to regain his uh, his mechanics and approach uh, at the plate um, when it starts to skid. And that's I think Stanton's going to have a, a big part to play in that. You know, he's got somebody that he can uh, he can feed off of one uh, that he can speak to as far as uh, you know what am I doing? They're, they're practically the same exact build. Um, obviously a little bit different stance at the plate, but I think Stanton can kind of give him some keys and, you know, they'll be watching each other and I think they're going to be able to help each other out immensely um, just because of how how pitchers will go about uh, trying to get them out. Right, so last year, Aaron Judge, I mean, he took Major League Baseball by storm with 52 home runs. He was Rookie of the Year, uh, second in MVP voting. So, I mean, as great as that season was, even Brian Cashman will tell you that he wasn't expecting that out of uh, Aaron Judge. And then take take a look at a guy like Chad Green, who became this immense weapon out of the bullpen. I mean, he was an okay starter, but he became one of the best relievers in baseball last year. So looking at this 2018 team, do you see anybody that would fit that profile of being a guy that comes out of nowhere to have this major impact on the team this year? Um. I'm not sure if it's going to be coming out of nowhere. I would say that I think Aaron Hicks, um, I'm going to use the word needs, he needs to be a major contributor this year. I think this is the season that, you know, he needs to demonstrate that, you know, the, the positive spurts that he had uh, at the beginning of the season were um, something that the Yankees can rely on down the road. Um, but he now has to, he has to stay on the field and he has to do the same thing for a full season. Uh, if he does, he's his his power and speed combination and obviously what he can do in the field um, it's a big key to them. You know, it, it allows um, allows them to do a lot of things. He's a switch hitter. I mean, I think that uh, for me, him being on the field, you know, for a majority of the season, getting 600 plate appearances, type of thing, is is going to be um, is going to be key for them for the season. So I think if it's a, I don't know how much of a surprise that would be. I mean, the guy's a first round, you know, draft pick. Uh, he's he's shown what he can do. It's just now a matter of you know making it that uh, that one full season where you know maybe he. Uh, he kicks it up a notch and, and is out there for 145, 150 games. Chris, I honestly, I, I've been saying that about Hicks uh, for the last couple of weeks now. I really think he's going to have a breakthrough year. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, I think this question is tougher than to to pick out the positives in this team. Are there any concerns that you have with the 2018 Yankees? And is there anything that you think could hold them back from from going pretty deep in the postseason this year? I think it seems to be a collective uh, thing out and out there that the rotation is probably the area that could be the biggest potential issue. You know, I think you know, I wrote on Friday that you can take each of the starting five right now and point to the, a potential for a performance problem or an injury um, that could happen that really will, I think, exploit the Yankees' depth. I mean, I know everybody believes we can just you know bring up Chance Adams or we can bring up uh, Domingo. German, or German, and you know it's it's uh, not that simple. You know, I, I don't, you know, or, or God forbid they start bringing up Luis Sessa to to make spot starts. <laughs> it's 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 the it's that question of okay, yeah, they can make a move in in July or late June if if uh, someone's gone down with a significant injury or someone's you know really underperforming. Um, but why not why not make that move? Earlier and and before the season starts and in the off season and and you know keep maybe Montgomery down as your as your depth piece or you know figure out a way to rotate six guys, um, not saying a strict you know six man rotation by any means but you know figure out a way to get um, 
elongate the ability for these guys to stay strong, you know, because, you know, even even Severino is a he's got a is an injury chance of happening. The guy pitched I think 58 more innings last year than the year before. That for a young pitcher tends to be a problem the following season, you know. So who knows the what's only, going to happen? The only thing that makes your theory tough with you know having Montgomery as as your depth is that you know the guy pitched to it to a sub four ERA in his rookie campaign. If if Montgomery had a five or, or a four high four ERA in twenty seventeen, that probably would be the case, but you almost can't even justify not giving this kid another chance in the starting rotation at this point. Yeah, I I disagree. I mean it, it, to me you look at his purples, they're nothing spectacular. He's he he's not uh he could turn into something special, but I mean to me he's he's gonna remain a back end of the rotation type guy. Um he had a good year. There was times where he didn't look very good. He doesn't go deep into games. I mean, I know the Yankees have a spectacular bullpen, and they can withstand guys going five innings and six innings here and there, and um, that's going to be the case a lot of the time, actually. Anyway, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't. I wouldn't have had a problem with you know sliding him into the into the minors and being the depth piece because I know even then he's going to get twenty to twenty five starts. I guarantee. Whoever ends up being none of these uh, none of the rotation guys are going to be um, you know thirty three start guys. Maybe Severino. Uh, beyond think, that, beyond that, I don't see anybody breaking thirty starts. Do you think the Yankees eventually regret not getting Cole? I'm not sure about whether you know which pick. You know, maybe Cole. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not certain. I don't know what the deal was that was on the table. Um, I, I think they may regret the fact that they're waiting to make a depth decision of any sort. You know, I mean, I just I'm not overly confident about what you know what's in the minors right now and someone's someone could surprise us you know if, if they had an injury but they have, if they have an injury in april yeah, i'm not going to be too pleased about seeing Luis Sessa on the mount you know and that's who they're going to go to no and that's that's right and that's the person they're going to turn to you know i'm, I'm telling you they're not going to bring Adam, they're not going to bring adams up they're not going they did they showed you last year that they just aren't ready for him to be um, part of the equation. I mean, there was multiple chances they could have used him last year. We thought maybe he was going to be used, and they just didn't do it. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I have a feeling that um, regret's a tough word, but I did use it in the, in the article. You know, I, I said there's a chance that they will. Um, I was just a little bit surprised that uh, you know they didn't look for someone who um, you know could kind of be that sixth guy, especially with prices the way that they are. You know, for for the free agents and so on at this point. So as we take a look around the American League East here, uh, it looks on paper like it's going to be a two-team race between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, do you see any of the other three teams, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, or Toronto, making any type of noise in the division this year? Um, of the three, I would say maybe the Blue Jays would have the ability to do so. Um, I think they've got a decent rotation up front, at least, and, and their lineup is, is good enough to, to force the issue. You know, let's assume – the Yankees and Red Sox are healthy, then they should, you know, more or less uh, each win over 90 games this year um, and, and lock down those top two positions, whether it's whoever wins the East and who gets a wild card is, you know, up in the air, I would say. Um, I don't see the Orioles really having uh, much of a shot. I think their rotation is going to be a problem again. And uh, Tampa, you know, is kind of about, you know, they, they're all about pitching and who knows how uh, well that's going to hold up, and they've got very little offense to back it up. So um, I would say Toronto of the of the other three, um, with the Yankees and Red Sox being pretty heavy favorites to uh, be one, two, and one way or the other up the top. Chris, last question. We'll let you go. Uh, 
we've been asking this a lot to anyone we've interviewed in the last couple of weeks. When the season's all said and done, where are the two where where do the 2018 Yankees finish? All right, so I'll give you a regular season number of 94 and 68. Um, That should be, to me, that's probably enough to win the division. Uh, It might not be. It would definitely get them a wild card spot. Um, I don't see the Red Sox really falling off too much uh, from where they finished last year. You know, they've, if we think the Yankees are going to have some bounce back areas uh, that they can lean on, I believe we have to say the same thing about the Red Sox. I don't think they're going away. Um, The Astros, Indians, and Twins are all going to be pretty good teams. So, I mean, to me, the Yankees are going to be in the playoffs one way or the other. Uh, for their sake, I hope they, you know, have some home games that they win the division and, and get a, at least a home field advantage for the division series. Um, not sure that they will be as good as the Astros at the end of the year as far as regular season records concerned, just because of where they play. Um, so they're going to have to get through the Astros to get to the World Series. I, I think they can. I mean, they almost did last year. Um, I just don't see there being any guarantees that they will. Um, because, you know, the Astros are a pretty strong club. And, uh, again, they're not uh, – they got better pretty much as well, if you really look at it. So, you know, they'll have Verlander for a whole year. Uh, they got Cole. Um, you know, so they've – they've uh, going to be hard – they're going to be hard to surpass. I mean, and the Indians, I think, would be pretty good as well. So, you know, they make it to the playoffs, and from there, it's a crapshoot for me. It's just very – you know, four or five very good teams that could easily uh, make it to the World Series. Well, you know what, Chris? If this team can prove throughout the regular season that they can start learning how to manufacture runs on the road and, and win more games on the road, you can't, you know, none of us can sit here and, and expect anything less than than at least a pennant. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's they're, they've got everything that it takes to do so. Um, they have the ability to make moves in July. I mean, Despite what I said earlier, you know they they will be able to you know get a depth piece in July if they need to. Just hopefully it won't be too late, and they can fill in any holes that they might have, uh, you know, as as the season goes on because they've got extreme depth in the, in the farm system to uh, to pull from, and 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 do so without you know letting go of some of the top guys. So uh, they're in great position. You know they really are. All right, Chris, we want to thank you for coming on with us again. Uh, that's Chris Corelli of SNY.TV. You know, check Chris out over there uh, with all his articles covering the New York Yankees. And uh, follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Corelli. Chris, again, thank you for coming on, and we'll touch base as the season goes on. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate the time. All right, NYY Sports Talk, episode 34. We're back after our interview with Chris Corelli. Please follow Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Corelli. That's C-A-R-E-L-L-I. I don't know why we're in the mood for spelling things today, but I'm sure Stat Guy Rye is going to want us to spell something else right now. Let's do another round. Chris, we'll start with you this time. Oh, boy. All right, so this player pitched for the Yankees uh, from 1964 to 1974. He also went on to become a pitching coach for the Yankees. Oh, it's Mel Stoudemire. Spell Mel Stoudemire. And if I get this wrong, am I out? If you get this wrong, Christian has a chance to steal it. If he gets it wrong, then the then you know. Oh, so I can steal the... some from you, like yes. the three hundred dollars. Also, stole the out of winner, my closet. the winner of this spelling bee, the first Yankee game the three of us attend together. I will be buying the winner a beer. Nice. All right, Stottlemyre. Speaking of beer, can I say something? Oh Jesus! We're recording both episodes. We recorded episode thirty-three on St. Patrick's Day, and we're doing episode thirty-four on St. Patrick's Day. Happy birthday, Patrick! Not our Patrick. Who's Patrick? 
Patrick, uh, our the fan. Saint? Our fan we, from we, Ireland. We have a Patrick? We do. Who? He's ours. <laughs> what? Patrick, our our fan. Mel Stottlemyre. Stottlemyre. S-T-O-T-T-E-L-M-E-I-R. Stottlemyre. I'm sorry, Chris, but that is incorrect. <laughs> That's correct. Christian, you want to try? Is it really Patrick's birthday today? Oh, my God. I don't know. I just thought all Irish people were born on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and my grandmother's Irish, so I can be racism towards them, okay? Oh, you can be racism towards them? <laughs> so, <laughs> He's trying to avoid spelling Stottlemyre. No. Uh, oh, I know how to spell it. Stottlemyre. S-T-O-T-T-L-E-M-Y-R-E. That is correct. Wow. I wow. never would have gotten that. So I win now. You're up. You're <laughs> up two to one. You didn't win yet. Are we doing another one? Now he gets his own. Yeah. Joe Pepitone. Pepitone. Didn't, wasn't that in that episode of Kirby uh, Enthusiasm where Larry, yeah. Yeah, Larry yeah. Thought, <laughs> and they sent Leon after the yeah. guy and it was the, the jersey, Joe Pepitone right? yeah. jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepitone. P-E-P- P E P is there two P's? That's the question. P P. <laughs> You're a dirty bastard. You know that. Is there two P's? Ah, that's not something I could answer. <laughs> can I have a can I have a clue? <laughs> can you use Joe Pepitone in a <laughs> sentence? <laughs> Come on, or else I'm stealing. I asked them for uh, in a in the legitimate spelling bee. You're allowed to ask oh for origin, God. definition, and uh. It used it in a sentence. I only want right, Joe, one. Joe Pepitone played first base for the Yankees uh, starting in 1962. That's, that's a shitty. That's Joe Pepitone. Joe Pepitone. P e p i t o n e. You're so you're not going with two P's. No, I'm not going with two P's. Well, you are correct, wow. Christian. Up three to one. Wow. Wow. I suck at spelling. Desk. D e s k. Desk. Did your wife take down those cards? Yes. Did you learn? So you learned how to spell things like chair and table? Yes. Okay. Chris, who's your favorite Yankee? Mickey Mantle. Besides Mickey Mantle. Derek Jeter. Who's your favorite pitcher to play for the Yankees? Pettit. Spell Pettit. Pettit. P-E-T-T-I-T-T-E. Pettit. That's correct. This one's not really that hard. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give him an easy one so we can <laughs> keep it going a little So what, bit. you got to put the slider down the rookie for him? Yeah. Just for that round. Oh, yeah. All right, this is the championship round. All right. Yeah, this is these these are the final final well, final round we'll say. Christian spell Mark Teixeira. Teixeira. T E I X E I R A Teixeira. Yep. Wow. You got Correct. It. John Wetland. Chris, if you get this wrong, you're you lose. Wetland. W-E-T-T-L-A-N-D, Wetland. Final? Final. You're wrong. <laughs> Christian wins the spelling bee. Notable names that we didn't get to go through. Brennan Bosch, Jonathan Albaladejo, Chris oh Parmalay, Stubby Overmeyer, Roger Peckinpah. Did you make up the last two? No, and there was also a guy named Home Run on the Yankees. His name was Home Run Banks or something. He played in the 20s. Doug Mankavage. That was, that was like if you guys were... Going yeah. back and forth, that would be the <laughs> ultimate. Sorry Good for job. ruining Christian it. Christian wins. 
you get a beer, courtesy of Stack I Ride. Nice. Huh. That was fun, right, guys? Yeah, thank you. All right, so uh, now the spelling bee's over. Let's t- let's uh, take a quick break here, go to our sponsor, and we'll come back with a little chatter about Neil Walker. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, episode 34, we're here to wrap things up. Yankees uh, doing a little uh, moving and shaking on the infield again, but before we get to that, I know I teased the Neil Walker chatter before we took a break, but Aaron Boone just announced his opening day starter will be Luis Severino. Uh, Something we've said would happen weeks ago. I don't think it's really a surprise to anybody. No, but but it's a big deal. It's a big statement. It's something that had to be stated. Aaron Boone's statement in regards to uh, naming Severino his opening day starter, it's his time. It is. Hey, show us what you're made of, man. You're the ace now. The uh, rest of the rotation was also named. Uh, it was going to be followed by Masahiro Tanaka, CC Sabathia. So apparently it was only Joe Girardi that thought he couldn't pitch on the Toronto Well, turf. Stack Guy Rye made a good point. He said uh, maybe split up the lefties to start the season off. Not that it matters too too much but you are going righty lefty righty now uh and then well lighty righty righty lefty and then righty and so then lefty. i also think montgomery i could look this up uh montgomery had pretty good numbers at home last year if i remember correctly sonny gray is going to be in the fourth spot and then uh, rounding out the rotation is jordan montgomery who will get the uh, home opener i am i i really am just a little shocked that they're not giving the ball to cc for opening day at the stadium i thought that'd be something that you know would be appreciated and would excite the fans a little more how about just exciting the fans that the yankees are back but you know what hey you want to look at it as it being people's time, hey, Montgomery had a hell of a 2017. You know, he deserves to get the ball on opening day this year, too. So, I'm happy for him. I personally thought it would be CC, but I think Montgomery's going to do a hell of a job also. So, Do you have any... So, if let's say we're, uh, we're not playing the first five games of the year, but we're playing the American League Championship Series, and this... Would you have an issue with Boone rolling out one through four of uh, Severino, Tanaka, CeCe, and then Gray? No. I actually like that. That's how I would That's how I would put them in place. Last year in home games, Jordan Montgomery, 6-3 and three with a 3-4-3 three, three ERA. That's compared to his road line, 3-4 uh, three, three and four with a 4-3-8 ERA. So he was a better pitcher at so home last season. 
I'm sure he was better during the day too. So it all maps out. Day games actually, he went two and five with the four three four. Night games, never seven mind. And, seven and two with the three six one in night Yo, games. Yo, stop, stop being such a small. Well, I'm just saying that's what everyone does now. It's night day home yeah, road. But... Four and zero oh in June. Two five nine year, right? Yeah, it's a good website. I actually man. knew that. Did you? Yeah. Because that's that's right around the time where we were like, wow, Montgomery's here to stay. And then like a month later, they brought in Jaime Garcia. Jaime. Yeah, he Jaime. Lost, he lost eight, uh, seven games, I think, last year. Which we'll see plenty of Jaime Garcia this season. He signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. right. Hmm. We might even see him in the opening series. I haven't seen what Toronto's... Uh... I hope we do. <laughs> If you look at his career numbers, he's a really he's actually a really good pitcher. Didn't he help us last year in the postseason or he, he was good he out of the bullpen up. late in Ryan, get me please get me Jaime Garcia's career numbers. He's got a sub for ERA. Listen, Garcia the issue we all had with Garcia was he was replacing a guy who was pitching very well. If Montgomery had a five ERA and and they brought Garcia in, that's a different story. Do you want me to put my no? Head I the know wall? what you're gonna say. I know. I know. Garcia career sixty seven and fifty five with a three six nine ERA. Yeah, that's a good pitcher. I agree, <laughs> but he came in and replaced Montgomery, and he wasn't doing half of what Montgomery was doing for this team. That's where the issue came about. But nobody wanted him in the first place. <laughs> All right, so speaking of wanting things, it's uh, obvious the Yankees wanted some help along the infield. That's why they went out and they signed Neil Walker this past week. What a great signing. I think Walker's getting a base of $4 million in uh, what plate appearances he can get up to. Up to five. Up to five, maybe just a tick under. I mean, how much depth does this team have at this point? When's the last time a Yankee team has had this much depth in every single position you can think of? Honestly. Still don't have legitimate backup behind Greg. Was Burr. this team this deep in two thousand nine? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think they were. They had probably the greatest infield in the history of baseball in two thousand. And I disagree with you on that statement because Walker plays first base too. Now we have Tyler Austin now he does. So I, how much more depth do you want behind Bird? I caught a little bit of heat on Twitter for saying this, but I thought the Yankees could have still held on to Adam Lind. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I don't know if you felt this way, but the second they got Lind, it was like this huge thing. We were excited. It was a great signing. And then you didn't hear anything anymore. It's almost like he didn't even show up to camp. Did he even play in a game? Sure he did. Uh, you just didn't hear anything. Did he go to the Mets yet? <laughs> Why? Well, He's got to go to the Mets. You got him going to the Mets? Yep. Well, you mean that that guy Rye has called everything by the way. That stellar combination of I, Dom well, Smith and Adrian Gonzalez isn't going to hack it over there. Right. I called. I he, called Neil Walker and Todd Frazier would switch teams. This you season. did. They did. Technically, well, they didn't because Walker finished in Milwaukee. So, uh, well, majority uh, the team they played. Uh, and, uh, I guess. And he said Frazier was going to go to the Mets. Mets. I called that a long time ago as well. I thought that was a perfect spot for. Todd Frazier. Pretty sure you knocked me when I said that, actually. I Chris did not. Shepard. That was not me. We'll have to go back to the audio. Yeah, go tried back to, to the audio. I tried finding it, too. I couldn't find it, but now I'm definitely going to Because find I it. thought if Walker, Walker, if uh, Frazier wasn't coming back to the Yankees, it made most sense for him to go to the Mets. You did say that, to keep him in New York. Yeah, Neil Walker, though, great signing. I mean, he's a switch hitter, could play multiple positions. But is he the opening day second baseman? That's going to be the biggest question. Yeah, I can't, because what? guess what? The guy who I've said all along 
Tyler Wade could actually be the the opening day second baseman. That was me joking because mm-hmm. I've constantly ripped him. So if Ryan, you know, Ryan's been on the Tyler Wade train, he has been, I and you know what? Wade bandwagon. Everyone we've talked to is just Tyler Wade's the guy. Boone, so I, mean, so I don't know. Is his defense that good that it that it's worth sticking him at second he, base? What was the, I know he's great, but the last spring training game I saw was what Thursday I want to say, and he was he was picking it out there. No, he's a great fielder. What I'm saying is, is his defense going to make up where he lacks in offense if he's going to be Aaron, the same offensive player Aaron as he was Boone last had year? Said that uh, he thinks that. He didn't think Wade was this good of a player, and he came in with having expectations of Wade being a good player. So, wow. he's. Oh. I think there's a lot of people in the organization that are high on Tyler Wade, and you know, could you see a scenario where Wade and Walker split time at second? Probably. Yeah, but the big question is, who were they penciling in on opening day? Because that's a big statement. Is Neil Walker ready to play? That's another thing you got to ask yourself. It's only what? How many more days until the opening of the season? He just signed with the team a couple, you know, a few days ago. He got in his first game action on Friday night. So maybe the Yankees don't want to rush him into a starting role. The interesting thing about Walker, though, is uh, you had the feeling when Brandon Drury was traded here that he was here to be the starting third baseman. You didn't get that sense from hearing from Brian Cashman that Neil Walker was brought here to be the starting second baseman. He did say if he takes a job from somebody, then so be it. But he he didn't give you the inclination that it was his job. Like you felt like Brandon Drury's was getting that third base job. It's it's just odd to me the way they went about both signings. Why was Drury such a definite and Walker was kind of just like, eh, maybe he'll steal it. Because you'd figure he wants to light a fire under both Andujar and Wade, but it just didn't seem to be the case when they brought both guys on. When they brought Jury on, just like you said, that was their guy. And when they bring Walker on, it's like, hey, Wade, you're probably still the guy, but who knows? Maybe that speaks for what they feel about Tyler Wade. Yeah, hey, I guess so. And... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, a lot of people, including when we spoke to Jack Curry, feel that neither one of those guys is going to be the solution at second base later on in the season. That despite his slow start to spring training and the fact that he's been reassigned to the minor league camp, that Glaber Torres is going to be the second baseman on this team at some point. I mean, you have to assume it. You have to. You have to still be optimistic about the kid. He's he's a top ranked prospect. I'm not saying that, but if you got Walker and uh, Wade here, and that Gliber Torres is going to push for playing time, well, I think I think Walker has to really be doing some outstanding things for him to still be a part of this big league club when Torres is ready to come up, because you're probably going to keep Wade at that point as more of a utility guy. You're not going to, I mean. Depending on what he does, I guess. But wouldn't you say that when Torres is ready for the big leagues and he comes up, that Walker's really not – he's kind of going to be the odd man out at what that are you point? Do? Release him? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got more value than that than just to be the second But baseman. doesn't Wade, if they're so high on Wade, doesn't doesn't he have that same Somebody, value? Well, 
Somebody's got to play first base when Greg Bird isn't playing. Tyler Austin. Is he even make? Is he making the opening day roster? Well, that could be part of the discussion, you know, come May or June. Glaber Torres' first minor league at bat hit a home run. When? Uh, Last year. Yesterday. <laughs> so maybe he's a four A player. No, <laughs> no, no. Maybe we were wrong about Glaber. No, I don't think so. Hashtag Glaber average. <laughs> Glaber good. <laughs> So, who knows? I mean, it's a lot of question marks, but again, it's not the same question marks we've had in the past. It's it's good question marks. It's it's who's going to outplay the other player. All right. So, obviously, let's let's do this real quick around the horn. You got you got the Kraken behind the plate, right? And Austin Romine's going to back him up. Mhm. And then you go down the first, you got the Birdman, which by the way, real quick, how many other teams have a have a backup catcher like Austin Romine? Not many. Okay. Romine's a great guy to have, too. I'm just saying, to add depth and, to this team, we even have a great backup catcher. Yeah, I think the Indians have a couple. And you know what? Too, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him, if he would accept an assignment to AAA, but Eric Kratz is a very serviceable backup, yeah, too. I know. He had a nice home run the other day. And I believe he batted 1,000 last year. He did. <laughs> so then you go down to, you go down to, to first base. You got, you got the Birdman, right? Right. He's got a lot of question marks. Can he stay healthy throughout 2018? Yes. Even if you get 130 games out of him, I think that's a major victory. Absolutely. Who's his backup? Right now? Ah, Neil Walker. All right, Neil Walker. Fine. But if you're saying we're going to boot him when Torres is ready, then... Then you're also going to bring up Austin as a backup first baseman. If that time comes and Bird goes down... I think he's a great player. I don't think he's as good as you think he is. But he's a great backup. I he, mean, why is that so hard for you to to accept I, that he could be the backup first baseman? If for Bird the gets a hangnail and he's out for six weeks again, and you feel comfortable with Tyler Austin Manning first base for six weeks? No, no, exactly. No, I would but feel that's why Walker's here. Okay, but we just. We just released him because Glaber. I'm saying when Torres is ready, if you need to make space, Walker might be the odd man out. All right, whatever. I don't care anymore about anything you have to say. So this is the end of NYY Sports Talk forever. (laughs) Second base, we have a million options. I mean, I think it comes down to, I honestly, I thought Stack Iri was absolutely out of his mind for saying it. So did I. Tyler Wade is going to be the open. In my mind, as we sit here, record this on March 17th, and you'll hear it March 19th, he's going to be the opening day second baseman. But you know what? In the same theory, if you're going to take a chance on him after how lost he looked last year, then then Miguel Andujar should be your starting third baseman. Because if we're going to let these kids just take a crack at it and and to show show us their worth, then Andujar should be at third. All right, we'll get there. You got Didi at shortstop. Right. Entrenched. Right. And I guess Wade can fill in a short, right? Yeah. And then you got – forget about him, but Ronald Torres is still on this team. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then – Guy batted almost 300 last year in a significant amount of at-bats. He did. He played a lot last year and he played really well. Then you got uh, Brandon Drury over at third, who I guess, you know, they said, you know, Toe can play – over there, uh, Wade 
Can Way play third base? Probably. The guy seems to be able to play anywhere. Walker can play third base. So you're pretty much set around the infield. My only concern is would be back up at first. And if they're going to say that that's what they want. Walker played there last night. That was his first game as a Yankee. And they put him at first. So there must be a reason for that. Right. Well, and if then, Bird were to sustain a major injury and you go on the DL, you could just take him that's off what I'm the saying. roster. And right. instead of having to release a guy like Neil Walker, you could just replace Bird with right. Torres. My, my thing was if Bird does stay healthy and Torres comes up and Wade is really this significant ball player that they don't want to send down, who's the odd man out at that point, assuming Bird is still healthy? Might be Ronald Torres. No. What do you mean no? No. I don't know. What do you mean no? Why are you so quick to say no? How could you get rid of him? How could he be the odd man out? Because he played above his head last year. Okay. So what if he plays above his head again this year? And what if he doesn't? What if he's hitting 210? Then fine. Get rid of him. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather have Walker and Wade than Torres? I just think Torres brings another element to this team. Why don't we just go get Storm Castro back and teach him how to play third base? Yeah. Or second or Let's whatever. Let's do it. Let's call him up. Hello, Starlin. Outfield, we clearly don't have an issue. And everyone to this day still seems to think that the Yankees are going to get another pitcher. But what if everyone stays healthy and Montgomery's pitching to a three, three plus ERA right around three? Before you just poo poo away the outfield, do you think that? Uh, John Carlos Stanton's going to see a lot of time in left field this year? No. Because he's playing a lot of left field in spring training. I think they just want him to get as comfortable as possible, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of time. Against a tough lefty? No. I, you still think they're going to throw Guardy out yeah. there on left? Go, yeah. I think they'll try it. Hey, Brett, how do you feel about... I'm not, not saying it's not going to happen. I just don't think I'm it's going to... I'm trying to talk to Brett Gardner now. Brett, how do you feel about not uh, potentially playing against tough left-handed? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you look at my history of the league, I mean, I could hit lefties all right. It's not too hard for me, but, uh, you know, whatever the team wants me to do, I'll do. Right. That was a bad one. No, that was a good no, that was one. Good. Sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm off. No, you're, not, that, you're always on. I'm sure that when we get to this part of the podcast and I'm listening to it, I, and if I'm in the car, I will probably cause a major pileup from laughing so yeah, hard. Yeah, probably. Can I make a statement? This is a crazy statement. Oh, boy. I think that Clint Frazier's days are numbered in pinstripes. I don't think that's such a crazy statement. Well, it's it's kind of a crazy statement to be so matter-of-fact about, but I really do. I think his days are numbered, and I think that you're going to see the Yankees go get a pitcher if that's truly what they're going to do at some point this season, and I think Clint Frazier is going to be the head of that deal. Uh-huh. And I And I honestly think that Andujar is as well. All right, end of the day, season at the end of the season, I should say, who had more at bats at DH, Stanton or Judge? Oh, Stanton by far. I would also say Stanton. Stanton by far. It won't even be close. I agree. No, I'm, I tend to agree with that. I think that Judge will get the bulk of the time in right field. And you know what? Judge doesn't get enough credit for his right field performance. How great was he in the postseason? Because he's a giant, and he just ha- doesn't even have to stick his arm up all well, the way to rob you know, He went up on his tippy toes to rob that Lindor <laughs> home run in the first round. A guy that big is such a, you know, you think of him as such a liability in the field, but he's just a phenomenal outfielder, too. Phenomenal. So, I, I'd say no doubt about it, Stanton has 
significant amount more. What about Hicksy? Do you see a point in the season where maybe somebody else is getting every day? No, I think Hicks is going to shine this year, man. I think he's going to keep up with everyone. I really do. I think Hicks is going to end the year with a 280 batting average, about 25 home runs or so, 80 plus RBIs. Mm. I really do, mm. and I, I really do. <laughs> You're getting that type of production out of Aaron Hicks. I mean, but he's capable of it. I mean, he is. Where are you getting outs in this lineup if you're you're not pitch? you're not it's it's absolutely it's comical. You're just not getting outs. You think about it like this: every every batter is a high pressure moment for these pitchers at this point. And you're going to get down to the bottom of the lineup, and you're going to face guys like Brandon Drury and Neil Walker, who are capable of hitting 20 home runs themselves. Right? Those guys are two hitters on. Right. You know, Walker was probably the Mets' best player last year. <laughs> probably was. All right, so then, you know what's interesting? And I was thinking about this today uh, in preparation for the show. The Yankees made no movement in their start, in their starting or relieving in their pitching staff at all. They're, everybody is coming back. They, and you know what? Anyone who has a complaint about that is out of their mind because this pitching staff was great last year. But how often – or think about it. Even to have one guy supplant it or a guy leave via free agency or trade or bring somebody it's else rare. in. It's rare. And they didn't do that with anybody. It's rare. It's rare to see a rotation like this come back. And you know what? If Tanaka can come back stronger than he was last year throughout the season – this pitching staff's going to be even better. I heard something a couple of days ago. It looks like the Yanks are going to take 12 guys. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, you got your five uh, starters, CC, Tanaka, Severino, uh, Montgomery, and Gray, and then your seven relievers. So, you know, you got Chapman, Batances, um, Warren, Warren, Robertson, Green, and then I guess that leaves you with Shreve, Shreve and maybe Heller. I think Heller. Ben Heller has looked really good. Uh, I th- I think Heller has really found himself this spring. I mean, his what about um, Luis Sessa? You think he makes Sessa's your sixth starter? Yeah, see somebody you keep in the minors. Yes, yeah. you have so, to, or you make him your long relief. Can we, you don't really need a long. Relief can I make a quick comment about Severino, real quick? Go that, ahead. That no one really touched on too much. I don't know if you noticed. Did you were you able to watch his? Debut this spring. Who? Severino. Yeah, I think I saw. I caught it. Severino's been a guy who has used his fastball as an out pitch out of the zone. Right? This guy's pumping 98-99 in the sixth inning up and out of the zone. He's getting guys to swing through it. He now has this slider that is so unhittable. That he can start now placing that fastball for strikes and using this slider as an out pitch. He was so devastating with this slider. If this if this pitch is on throughout this year, I'm telling you right now, we're going to see Severino on a different level. He is going to be absolutely dominant this year. And he was the third best pitcher in the league last year. Right. So imagine what he's capable of with this. With this. You just hope that he is able to increase that workload because a lot of these guys after they break a certain barrier they have a down year before their bodies build back up again well i think that's another 
importance to this out pitch now is that he's not relying on the 98, 98, nine mile per hour fastball late in games as much anymore because he knows he has this pitch that's going to just fall off the table. Yeah, but that was easy cheese for him, man. It wasn't even like it he is, was throwing but, hard. But hey, when you're getting late into the season and you're throwing that hard, it, it starts to wear on your body. Yeah, but it doesn't. But for him, it's like he's just it out did in the wild card to- game. And it did in the postseason. That's my point, though. But he was still throwing hard. He wasn't. It was just getting hit. Yeah, because you know what? He was trying. He, wasn't to, he was trying to do too much yeah, with his fastball. To... Now he has this other pitch where if he misses, he's not going to get beat. You could throw a fastball 110 miles per hour. I don't care if you throw it straight and down the middle, you're going to get beat. I don't know about 110. No. Well, whatever. <laughs> If you have a slider the way he was throwing the other day, you're not going to get beat on that pitch and too often. And it's the thing we say about Chapman all the time. He doesn't even need a good slider. He needs an okay slider. Yeah. Well, because if you are throwing 100 and 203 miles an his hour. His slider still looks below average. It just needs to be okay to get right. guys off the fastball. Right. Because if you're geared up for 105 and a guy throws even a shitty hook in there. Or a slider or whatever. Right. You're going to be looking at it. I agree. You just got to – but – so, okay. I feel like we've exasperated. We every, have. It's, it's just – We have. And we still have one more show to do before the season starts. I can't wait. I don't know what we have planned for next week, but I'm sure it'll be fun. We got a guest coming on, no? It's, it's tentative. Tentative. Like everything is tentative. Tentative. Tentative in life. All right. Please go to nyysportstalk.com for uh, breaking news, articles, whatever. But more, more, you know, if you can't read, still go to, uh, you don't have time to read a a full-blown article or a news report or if you're like Chris and you can't spell cat. uh, You can still go to nyysportstalk.com and go to the fan shop, brand new merchandise, the Bombers t-shirt, which I'm telling you. I can't wait to get ours. Yeah. I'm excited. Flying off the show. It really is. Very, very pleased with the response to this. And uh, what's that? Uh, you can save a little bit of uh, coinage if you drop the code. MYYST20 saves you 20% off your entire order. So can't I, beat that. Where are you going to go and get that type of excellence? Can't beat that. All right. So uh, once again, we're going to thank Chris Corelli, now a three-time guest of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. He gets a medal or something for that now. I don't know, but we we thank Chris for uh, coming on here. It gets a little confusing with Chris, Chris, and Christian. Yeah. Thank God we got Ryan here. (laughs) I balance it all out. (laughs) All right, so follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisJr underscore NYYST. Follow StatGuyRye on Twitter at StatGuyRye underscore NYYST. Right, that uh, that porn star still following you? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. Follow the main account, NYY Sports Talk, at NYY Sports Talk. And our podcast account, at NYYST Podcast. All right. I feel like we're missing something, but I also feel like we're not missing something. Is that it? That's it, man. That's it? That's it. That's it. Ryan. Yeah. Six pack challenge next week? What? uh, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm not really familiar with that challenge. Means that. I drink hard. I got chugged six beers. No, it's just that we challenge you to come six weeks in a row. I'll be here. I'll be here.
Maybe. I feel like it. Okay. Okay. Don't even Okay. 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 You got Minko in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't do See, I can't do two impressions back to back. Oh, hi, guys. John Minko here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she always has that weird laugh in the back. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I'm good for anymore. Impersonation. Impersonation. John Minko. No one even knows who John Minko is. No we one. get more positive comments about the Brett Gardner impersonation than anything we do on this I show. I agree. Uh, Brett Gardner, it's, it's a hard pressure to do. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds better than other times. But right now, I think it sounds pretty good. I sound a little bit like it, but from Holly Hill, South Carolina. Uh, yeah. He's very nasally. Brett, who did you take to the Holly Hill, South Carolina high school prom? Uh, I actually took my high school sweetheart. Uh, now married to her. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You know, we had a good prom. It was hard uh, getting there. The limo broke down. But we was got that there. the only thing that was hard at the prom? Uh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> and no. Really, at 18? You were having that issue, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> they called me Brett Harder. <laughs> There's really nothing else to say. Thank you for listening to episode 3040 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Chris, say goodbye. <laughs> Yeah.